Hi, this is Ralph Paulson, better known as Yakko, and Pinky, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with guest Eric Braden. Eric Braden, the actor known around the world as Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless. Eric recently celebrated his 40th anniversary playing Victor on YNR. The Young and the Restless airs weekdays on CBS. If you are looking for a good read during this time of sheltering in place and social distancing, I strongly recommend that you pick up a copy of Eric's memoir, I'll Be Damned. I'll Be Damned, the story of Eric's life and career before and during Young and the Restless, as well as his efforts to fight prejudice on and off-screen and his lifelong dedication to humanitarian service. I'll Be Damned is available in hardcover, paperback, and as an ebook through HarperCollins. You can also find it at Amazon.com and all the usual places. You can follow Eric Braden on Twitter, at eBraden. Before we went to break, Eric was telling us the story of how he learned to ski in Vail, Colorado, back in the 1970s during production of the film, the ultimate thrill. <laughs> they asked me to ski. I said, of course, never, never, never seen a pair of skis. Never been on, on one. And but you know, as an actor, you say sure. And then you, I learned quickly. Mm-hmm. So I hired uh, an old Austrian uh, professional skier, but he he was drunk most of the time. Mm-hmm. So he took me to one of the local hills here. Uh, it was Holiday Hill or one of those uh, Redwood or wherever it is, and. Um, we started out, and this was years ago. I was still playing soccer, so I was in good shape. So then we started out on that little hill, and then, you know, I said, well, this is cool. And uh, after about an hour and a half, he said, let's have some coffee. So we sat right below where they, you know, the, the, the thing goes up and down. And uh, he said, well, afterwards we'll go up to the top. I said, what do you mean to the top? Yeah, I do. I said, don't worry about it. We'll go up to the top. He says, you, you learn very quickly. You're in great shape. So as I sat on one of those chairs, chair lifts, going up, I almost made up my pants. Oh, yeah, because that's high. <laughs> Are you kidding? I didn't say anything. Pure male ego said, okay, shut up. So then I thought, now, how do I get off the damn thing? And uh, I watched people get off before me. I thought, okay, I'll do it. And I made it, and um, I we made it down then, right? Mm-hmm. And I crashed about twelve times, at least. Not <laughs> being in good shape from soccer, I thought, well. <laughs> so we get to the bottom, and the guy who owns the whole thing recognized me and all that, and he knew the instructor. He said, "You guys are crazy." And uh, long story short, that night I went home. And I called him, Zepp Benedicta was his name. Mm-hmm. And I called him about 11 o'clock, and I said, Zepp, you know, I can't make it to my now. No, you will make it. You would be there. <laughs> and I had nightmares that night. Yeah. But we met the next morning, and, uh, well, after about three or four weeks, I was pretty damn good. Yeah. That bad. And uh, then we came to Vail, and fortunately, they couldn't shoot for a while, so I got the best instructor, and I learned more. Mm-hmm. So then I began to develop a taste for it. And that goes back to how we started our conversation, Eric, is that drive for excellence that, that is second nature for you, you as an athlete. You bet. 
you know, so if, if, if you're asked to ski on film, you want to ski as best you could to make it authentic as authentic right. as possible. And I had a fantastic double. <laughs> and um, fantastic, I forget his name now. They were, they were stunt skiers. Mm-hmm. He was incredible, mm-hmm. just incredible. I forget his name now. Ed or Eddie something. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I did pretty well, you know. But to be honest with you, I never really... My son uh, was doing very well, but I then uh, chose not to go to the local hills here or to Mammoth because we had this was during soccer season. Mm-hmm. So I coached him in soccer. So, but I didn't like the whole schlepping of things and all that. It, it just never really interested me. Uh, this is also from David listening to us in Florida. One of his favorite movies is uh, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. If yeah. I remember correctly, that was another shoot that you took Christian with you. Yes, he was uh, with me in, in, in Paris. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, a, what a terrible place to be in, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a joy. What a joy. What a great city. What a great city that is. My God Almighty. My wife loved it. I mean, she loves French art and loved all the boutiques and all that stuff. And just incredible. And we were shooting um, Herbie. Uh, we shut down the Champs-Élysées on Sunday morning. I had races there. Mm-hmm. I mean, for filming. Mm-hmm. And um, then we um, filmed on top of the Trocadero, uh, it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my boy was with me. He was about, how old was Christian then? About like five? Five, six, yeah. five, six, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Roy Kinnear, the, the British actor, mm-hmm. a rather big man who died a few years later mm-hmm. because he was dragged to death by a horse in a film, wanted me to come with him to England and do Shakespeare. And um, he had been to Stratford and had been to the National Theatre and had always been very attracted to that, to Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I almost did that, but we didn't. Anyway... That was a wonderful time in Paris, and a uh, wonderful time. Yes, uh, your friend Bernard Fox worked in that picture as well. Bernard Fox, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah, Bernard Fox, my God. Uh, we did a number of shows together. Mm-hmm. He and I did a Barnaby Jones together with Buddy Epson. Mm-hmm. And this is the most painful two hours I've ever spent because we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and it cost them a fortune. Yeah. So I played a, some kind of an art dealer of some unknown background, and Bernard played some detective along with Barnaby Jones, Buddy Epson. And Buddy Epson had a way of sleepwalking, you know? Mm-hmm. He always looked as if he was sleepwalking. Yes. So he comes and they interview me. And there's something about it that struck me as so damn funny. And Bernard Fox had this exaggerated British accent. You know, many of the Brits who come here to Hollywood are more British when they come here. <laughs> they were Britain. And, uh, and, and then Buddy Epson in a sleepwalking style for two hours. If I didn't laugh, then Buddy Epson would finally laugh. Then Bernard Fox would laugh. Then finally we had it in check, and then the camera people would start laughing. And then suddenly the director took off. He couldn't take it anymore. And it's it was two painful hours. I'm telling you, this is the most of the... I've ever laughed in the show. Barnaby Jones, I'll never forget it. Barnaby Jones is one of the many Quinn Martin shows you did uh, in the years before you started playing Victor. And Those were the days when 
when private people and like Quinn Martin own shows, mm -hmm. you know, and it's 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 now it's all in corporate hands. And I don't know if that's any good or not. I don't think it is, but. Uh, these people really cared about their product. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, they cared. They paid. They paid top dollar. And uh, if you were on the radar screen of the casting people of Quinn Martin with all the shows he had in production, that means at least five or six gigs. For oh my you. God! Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly how it worked. Eric Braden's on the line with us. Eric Braden, Victor Newman on the Young and the Restless. Eric recently celebrated his 40th anniversary playing Victor on YNR. We are very happy that he's spending part of his day talking to us. Young and the Restless airs weekdays on CBS. You can follow Eric Braden on Twitter at E. Braden. Just a couple more questions. We've been talking about Christian. Now, Christian is, is a very successful filmmaker in his own right. Um, he uh, directed a movie called Den of Thieves. He uh, wrote and directed He it. wrote and directed Den of Thieves, and he casted you in the picture. Yes. Yes, I, I didn't want to do it. And he says, Dad, you've got to. And uh, I said, all right. Um, I did. And it was just a wonderful experience. Uh, filming in, a, in Atlanta. And I remember coming to the set at 6.30 in the morning. I thought, and I've been on so many sets at 6 or 6.30 in the morning. I thought, oh, God. And suddenly I was there and I thought, wait a minute. This is my son's set. And I couldn't believe it. I looked around. I said, look at this. Because I remember when he wrote the thing, mm -hmm. and when it first uh, came into his head, and I thought suddenly, my God, here it is, and I just, I just couldn't believe it. I, I had tears in my eyes, you know. And then later on, I'll never forget. I came onto the set, and a group of actors sitting, and they recognized, and they came up, and and then. A guy comes out of a dressing room and looks at me and he said, Man, you're Victor Newman? <laughs> I say, man, Mother, man, you're Victor Newman. Man, you're ice cold, man. <laughs> and it was, it was Ice Cube's brother. Oh, wow. It was O.J. Jackson's uncle. And I re I'm saying this now because it was such a warm, wonderful, and he remembered me and Christian. When Christian was about eight, nine years old, I took him to Hoover Street Gym mm -hmm. in the ghetto in L.A., and I wanted him to learn how to box early on, which he did. And O'Shea Jackson's uncle, Ice Cube's brother, would come as a young teenager and watch people spar in that gym. And I remember vividly, it was a little broken down gym, 70th and Hoover, such character, the character was just dripping, I mean, it was wonderful. I, the nicest people, Cannonball Green and, and Shotgun and, and Scrap Iron Johnson and um, Henry Davis was my coach and Christian's coach and Cannonball was a former heavyweight and just that, I, I love fighters I, because there's something so honest and about fighters. They have seen it all, been there, done that. They have nothing to prove. And it's it's such a wonderful... And they embraced my coming down there. They, they really respected it, loved it. And so Ice Cube's brother would be there as a teenage boy watching a spa, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, O.J. Jackson is a, is a great actor. He's a wonderful actor. 
you Den of Thieves. He's a, just a wonderful actor. And um, really just a naturally gifted actor. So I don't know his dad, but there you go. Yeah. Now he's, my son is writing the sequel to it, Den of Thieves 2. Did you encourage him to enter the industry, or did you, or did you let him find his own path? You know, I didn't. I, I never did. I, I, my wife loves film, mm-hmm. and he must have gotten something from her, because I, I was always interested in sports and documentaries and history and politics and history mostly. Films never really... Mm, I loved Ingmar Bergman. I loved uh, Fellini. I loved... Uh, Sagabas, I, I loved Woody Allen, mm-hmm. I loved those kind of films, but they weren't the usual commercial films. And beyond that, I wasn't particularly interested, to be honest with you. And my wife loves film. And so he gets a lot of it from her, I think. And um, no, I, I never did. I, I just never did. Interestingly enough, he ended up doing what I always wanted to do, that is to write and direct. Isn't that interesting? But I never told him about that. Wow. I never, at that time, I don't remember consciously ever saying to him, man, I would love to write and direct. I don't think I ever did. But he did that. Isn't that interesting? Well, there's still, there's still time for you to do that if you want to pursue uh, no. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No, uh, I, I, I got my film and I did um, The Man Who Came Back. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had a lot to do with the casting, and I loved every moment of it. That is the best time I ever had in this business, being on that film and helping put it together. Best time I've ever had upon that. We had George Kennedy, we had uh, Kenny Norton, mm-hmm. we had Sean Young, uh, Peter Jason, uh, uh, Billy Zane, uh, Armand Asante, and wonderful actors and a wonderful group of people. We filmed in Texas. I loved that film, doing that film, more than anything I've ever done in the business because... I had some control over it. Sure. And uh, I would never be in the business again unless I had control. Never. Yes, but and, and, and if you direct you have you have control over everything and there's good and there's bad to that. You get you have to answer all the you, you have to answer to all the headaches and you, I guess you want to limit the number of headaches you want to answer to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one one more question because we we've been talking about we we we've been talking a lot about sports and when and to me there's a reason why a lot of professional athletes pursue acting at the end of their career because there's a lot of parallels between what a coach does in sports and what a director does on the set. Well, well I wouldn't go too far with that uh, analogy because it's, it's, yeah, but as in sports, you need an enormous amount of talent. Mm-hmm. And in acting, I think you need talent. You do, and that's so hard to discern. Some people have it, some people don't, period. And not all uh, athletes make it as actors at all. So it, it's, they're two different things, really. It, it's, I think acting, if I reflect upon it, has to do, or what is required, I think, is you have, that you have had a rich emotional life, a life of conflict, a life of, you know, psychological pain here and there. Mm -hmm. I think it's necessary, I really do, to become a good actor. And uh, you need to learn to empathize. 
Um, that is not what most athletes do. Athletes, you know, you say, come on, man, let's go, bump, <laughs> and hit the guy, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's different. What is similar is that you learn to work under pressure. Mm-hmm. That is similar. In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't phase me particularly. Right. That is similar. And what is also similar is that in both cases, you have a certain amount of nervousness. You need a certain amount of anxiety before you go into a scene or into a sporting event. Without it, you, you don't function at your top. If you're too relaxed, and um, I tried meditating for a long time. I think meditating is wonderful. But don't do it before an athletic event. It, it calms you down too much. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I would also add, if I may, there's a teamwork involved in both. Well, there's also a whole lot of egomania involved. Sure, that is true. We are athletes and actors are self-centered people. We are, we are driven by something inside of us, and uh, often within the framework of a team. But I grew up in mostly in track and field, mm-hmm. so you learn to work on your own. Yes, you know how you spend hours throwing the discus and the shot put and the javelin and working out and doing interval running and all that stuff. Boxing is is also more of an individual thing. It's not a team sport. Uh, team sports and individual sports are, again, a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. Require a different mindset. Interesting. Uh, interesting conversations we're having about this because it's, it's far more subtle, far more complicated than people realize. Eric Braden plays Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless. The Young and the Restless airs weekdays on CBS. Eric's memoir, I'll Be Damned, available hardcover, paperback, and as an ebook wherever books are sold. You can follow Eric on Twitter at E. Braden. Eric Braden, it is always a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending part of our day and, and talking to our listeners on TV Confidential. That's right. Uh, keep safe and keep a distance and wash your damn hands. And uh, have a lot of Perel around, or whatever the hell's called. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, no smooching. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no hugging the sweet ladies. Yes. Okay? Yes. Eric, thank you so much. I hope we'll have a chance to chat again. You're very welcome. And we will survive all this and um, just help each other. Yes. Just help each other. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series uh, set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing or two well, about. Well, you write what you know. And I have been working in the business for 
several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have, many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes, called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. This portion of TV Confidential is sponsored by The Misadventures of Biffle and Schuster, the hilarious site-splitting new DVD available through Kino Lorber. Thanks for powering our stream. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.